This week's episode is brought to you by The Polar Room. Chirotherapy is the newest trend towards achieving optimal health and beauty. It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Left of Field podcast. As always, I'm Danny Kavanagh, and today I'm going to be joined by Perth Glory Football Club women's player Tash Ripley. Now, Tash made her W League debut in 2016, and since then she has become a real staple for the team. She captained them after Sam Kerr, and she has been an amazing defender. She's a bubble of light, and I hope you enjoy this chat with her, which are all things football and life outside of it. So, uh, hope you enjoy. Tash Rigby, welcome to the Left of Field podcast. How are you going today? I'm great, thank you. How are you going, Danny? Yeah, very good, thank you. So I'm really excited to chat to you today. You're my first female footballer on the show, so a lot to discuss. But let's just start off with where are you at now with your football? Right now, we've just come off the W League season. So we finished a couple of weeks ago now. Um, so that came to a bit of a close after a very tricky season navigating COVID and at the moment I've just started training again. Perfect. How is the body feeling after a tough season? Good, surprisingly. I've had a few niggles here and there with my knees and with my Achilles but I've managed to manage them quite well this season so I've come off the season actually feeling pretty good. I went for a nice big run this morning so yeah I'm feeling pretty all right considering my old age. <laughs> I don't know if 27 is that old, but uh, yeah, I, think, <laughs> I know what you mean. You've been through a few years of the sport. Let's then go back to the beginning. How did you get into football? That's a very good question. I don't know how deep you want me to dive, but I actually grew up in Margaret River. so Lovely part of Western Australia. Yep, (laughs) exactly. Beautiful place. And so in the winter when we weren't surfing in the summer, we needed to find something to do to kind of burn off our crazy amounts of energy. So I went down to soccer training when I was about... I think it was 10 years of age and I've literally played ever since. So yeah, I'm in my like 18th year of playing football now. So it's been a quite a long journey from there to where I am now, but it's been absolutely amazing and I'm so grateful for every minute. Yeah. So I started playing down in Margaret River, played with the boys and then moved up to Perth for uni. I was in and out of state teams, being in a regional town. It was difficult because there aren't as many development pathways, but I was lucky in that regard that I got to experience it from um, the age of 15 to 17. I then moved to Perth for my studies, completed uni, and after that, I actually found myself in the Perth Glory Women's team. So it's been a very unorthodox and different journey than a usual development pathway would kind of result in, but yeah, it's been incredible. Yeah, did you think that living in a regional town put a lot of limits on your opportunity? Did you have to move to Perth to kind of pursue your football aspirations? Kind of. So what ended up happening was when I was younger, I was identified through Country Week, which is this phenomenal competition. It's run by Football West where all regional rural teams come from all over the place, up north, down south, and they come to Perth to compete in kind of like a week-long competition between the regions. And I didn't even realise, but you can be identified at that camp. I was just there just to have like a big one-week sleepover with my mates and enjoy playing soccer, but I ended up getting identified from there. To go to country camp, which is where they select all the kind of the best talent from each team. And then from country camp, I was actually lucky enough to be selected in the the state team. And I went and competed at nationals from 15 to 17. But my parents 
We didn't move up because we had a life in Margaret River. So it required a massive commitment from my parents to drive me up to Perth like four times a week because it was like a three-hour trip one way. So it was a massive commitment for them. I finished at 17. I didn't pursue anything at that stage because there wasn't really any pathways right then. To be honest with you, I didn't even know there was a women's team for Perth Glory when I was 16 because living in a rural town, we just we weren't exposed to it. So I took a gap year, then went to uni, and then it was there that I really started started to kind of refine my experience and I really started to enjoy it and love it and then yeah from there I found myself trialing for glory a couple of years down the track and that's how I ended up getting into the team. Yeah so when did that opportunity pop up for you to play for the Perth Glory? Oh, it was actually so amazing so I was playing just normal state league at the time and my coach who was amazing he was always pushing me and I just thought he was had like really high hopes for me. I was like honoured and so grateful for him. But I was like, nah, no way I'm good enough. And he put my name forward to play actually in a showcase game where the Perth Glory women were playing in a preseason match against like a an all-star state team. So what they did was they selected kind of like the country camp situation. They selected the best players from every team around the state league and put them in an all-stars team to play against glory and I actually started on the bench I, I went on as a midfielder that's not my position but I managed to do okay and then I moved into right back which is my preferred position and I obviously played pretty well because then I was so lucky like two weeks later I got a call from the assistant coach of glory and she was like oh my gosh he wants uh, the head coach wants you to come down and trial for the team and I was just like started screaming and crying oh my god I was like so honored to even be asked it was just the most amazing opportunity and then after the two weeks I ended up getting offered a contract and it was just so surreal and ever since then I played I think 10 minutes in my first game like 30 minutes in my second game and then I've played every game ever since so it's been a wild journey. Yeah, you've knocked up over 50 consecutive starts for the club, which is really great. How do you keep your body so conditioned to be able to do that? Well, we have a pretty rigorous pre-season training. We train about five times to six times a week when we're heading into the season, and that's for a block of six weeks. And we do have a lot of running, a lot of gym that comes with that as well. And then when we're in season, we have to obviously maintain and be on top of everything, not just actual training itself and the strength and conditioning side of things, but recovery-wise, sleep-wise, nutrition-wise, have to be pretty switched on the whole time. So, yeah, it requires quite a lot of discipline. Now, you've had a really impressive team of girls that you've played with. I mean, the back four has been solid for a last few years and you've spearheaded that and you've played alongside Sam Kerr. How was that experience and what has it been like so far playing for the Perth Glory? Yeah, it's been amazing. Obviously, stepping into the team when I did six years ago, it looked very different to how the W League looks now, especially with the effect that COVID has had on it this year in particular. But it's been amazing. I've learned so much from like players like Sam. She was my captain for three years and she's just such a like a humbling, grounding person. And to learn from her was just phenomenal. Obviously she's one of the best technical players in the world as well. So it's been so great to kind of learn from players of that caliber. And then to watch the team kind of develop as the years have gone on, we have a new coach and he's come in last season and he's really brought like a renewed sense of vision and kind of motivation to the team because he's brought with him a sustainability mindset where he really wants to build up the younger players and kind of set down the foundations now for the future and 
kind of stop that turnover because we do have quite a high turnover with the squad and the players. So we're trying to look to embed a really strong core group of players, local players moving forward so that we can be sustainably successful. You took over being captain after Sam Kerr. What was a bit of advice that she left you, whether it was football or leadership? What did she really leave a mark on you? Yeah, she kind of just led by example through her actions. So she's models humility in a fantastic way. She's one of the biggest players in the world at the moment. And there's no way if you'd met her that you would think that. Like she holds herself with such humility and she is so grounded and she's just really kind and welcoming and accepting. So she'll just open her arms to anyone and make everybody feel welcome. And I think that's something that I really took in my stride and I tried to kind of model that as well and treat everyone as equal and also to practice empathy at all times of putting yourself in someone else's shoes. She's particularly good at that as well. So, yeah, I've definitely learned humility and empathy from her. Are you looking for a new way to boost your overall health, fitness and wellness? Why not give chirotherapy a go? Basically, it's a cool room you stand in in freezing temperatures for about three minutes and afterwards you feel amazing. Honestly, your muscles, your skin, and your overall health feels great. There are massive benefits to this type of therapy. And the Polar Room are offering all you listeners 20% off your first session. So why not go in and give this trend a go and see what you think for yourself? You know, you've been a fixture of the team for a while now. What has been a highlight of your experience at the Perth Glory? What's a game or a time that stood out to you the most? Yeah, that's a good question. I think in terms of results-wise, playing in the two grand finals that I've played in were absolutely phenomenal. To play in a grand final is unlike anything you can really describe. It's just so special and you fight so hard and work so hard over the season to get there and to finally get there. It really feels like such a magical moment. They were really, really special in front of big crowds and, you know, to represent the state at that level was was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it was an amazing feeling. But being captain of the team the last year was absolutely like, it was the toughest year we've ever had, but it also, I learned and grew so much as a person and as a player and I wouldn't change it for the world. I think that the squad that we had and the difficulties that we faced and the hurdles that we overcame for the amount of stress that was put on us as a team not at one point did we crack we really just come to we came together closer in those times and it was really special to be a part of a team that could be that resilient under such stressful conditions so that would yeah definitely be one of the greatest yeah achievements I think. Yeah, not only did you have COVID to deal with, obviously as football players, the females, you still guys have to balance full-time work with W League demands. How do you deal with that struggle? Yeah, it's a big struggle. (laughs) I won't lie. It's really difficult, especially because I am at a stage in my life now where I am trying to better my career as well and set myself up for when I am no longer playing football and to be able to, in season, put your best foot forward in both football, in your career, and also be there and support your family, friends, and your relationships. It is tricky. You do learn a lot from all of it, and it only builds you up as a person and grows your resilience 
and you learn so much and there's so many skills that are transferable from your sport into your career so it only betters you in every single way but in saying that it does put quite a stress on you as well so it does require a massive amount of discipline and a great support network as well to be able to get through and I'm really lucky that I've had people around me my family my friends my partner who all support my journey and my career and I am able to go and do the things that I love and go and pursue my dreams as well as building my career too but hopefully one day we are moving in in the direction whereby women uh, can play sport at a full-time level and don't have to go and work during the day as well because I think it would only improve the sport and the quality that's coming out even more. So hopefully that's the goal one day. Yeah, do you think that Football Australia is doing enough to curate a sustainable future for the women in the game? Mm, It's a hard question to answer. I think that things can always be done better, but it also takes support from the club as well because Gloria are amazing but every club can do better in regards to the promotion the marketing of the game it just comes down to money in the end and because we don't bring in as much revenue as the men it's kind of like a chicken and the egg scenario if you were to put money into the W League and to promote it and give the women the same benefits that the men get and equal opportunities I think you would see an amazing product come out of that because you would see the quality of the game improve because women don't have to go to work during the day they can spend the whole day training and the whole day recovering and I think that would only lift and better the game in in general as well as if you are to do more promotion and marketing more people are hearing about it coming to the game bringing in more money you've got those amazing role models for the the next generation coming through so I think it just takes a little bit more investment and belief in the game but like I said it's difficult when it does come down to money in the end and sponsorships are a big thing so getting those big name sponsors to jump on board would be ideal so we've got to look towards that I guess. In looking to your future, what do you hope to do next in your footballing career? I just want to, heading into the next campaign, we have, I've just signed again for Glory for next year. We've obviously had a foundation year, the year just gone, and it was an amazing journey for everybody involved with such young and promising young players as well. It's just really exciting to watch their trajectory and to be there as they step in and debut in the W League and really do step up and perform so well. So it's going to be really exciting next year. I'm going to be working with our coach, Alex, who, like I said, has been phenomenal in cementing a new vision for the club. So we're only going to build on that and we'll hopefully have a successful W League campaign heading into the next season and I'll be able to do my bit as a captain for the team. And yeah, we just want to put our best foot forward and, you know, grow the game and build those local players up. Can we talk about maybe also you getting on the score sheet? Now, you've played for a few years. You've never scored a goal. I mean, you're never pushed up for a set piece, but have you planned a celebration? Oh, I've, I literally have like nine celebrations. Like <laughs> every training I'll practice a celebration. But yeah, you're right. I don't often get to go forward. I mean, sometimes I'm thinking it might be a header. If I do get one, that'll be, I reckon, off a corner or across. But yeah, like I said, I'm not often up near the goal. And when I am, I usually get a nosebleed because I don't know what to do. <laughs> but <laughs> fingers crossed. And another thing is you've talked about a changing team and you've got so many players coming in and out. Does that have an effect on why you've changed your number every year? Have I changed my number every year? Well, you, you've had a few different numbers. <laughs> I think I have. Yeah, you're right, actually. I think I do change it every year. Yeah, I did. I went 17, 4, 24, 4. Yeah. Well, well I don't know why. I actually haven't done that intentionally, but... 
my favourite number is four, but I didn't wear that when I first stepped in. But then I play in 24. I think I debuted in 17. Yeah, I don't really mind too much as long as it's 24 or four. <laughs> okay, well, hopefully we'll have you out in a four this year and you can, you know, get a goal and it'd be an amazing, amazing year all round. I hope so. <laughs> and so away from the football bitch, what do you like to do? Who are you? What do you? What else are you interested in? So I, I literally have just resigned from my role and I've stepped into a new role, but I was working in corrections. So I was working in maximum security women's prison and I was designing and developing programs to help like reintegrate the women back into society, rehabilitate them, which was an incredibly rewarding role. Absolutely love it. That was my role. I've now resigned from that and I've stepped into a sort of management role at Curtin University, which I'm super excited to start. Apart from that, I just kind of, when I'm out of season, I just love spending time with my partner and my friends, my family, going to the beach. I love the ocean. Being from Margaret River, it's impossible not to. Yes, yeah, so spending as much time as I can down there as possible. You mentioned how you like help the community. You also do that through your literacy programs with Indigenous Australians. Talk to me about how you support your mental health initiatives in the community. Yeah, that was for uh, when I was raising money for a marathon. That charity really inspired me. I chose them as my charity because I absolutely love storytelling. My dad is a children's book writer and he always used to just tell us bedtime stories, which, but like literally every night as we were growing up. So I really value the power that story can have, especially when passing on knowledge through generations. And that's what the foundation was centered around, you know, giving the community the tools to be able to write their own stories and put it down on paper and, you know, pass that down through the generations, which I think is just so fantastic especially in those rural and regional communities i also did a half marathon and raised i think it was 1500 for breast cancer wa my grandma was so lucky to overcome breast cancer and so the following year i decided to support them as my charity too and as we love running so that's kind of the the fuel that i use and yeah i love giving back where i can no sounds great it's really inspiring and you mentioned you love hanging out with your partner and stuff and and plays for the Fremantle Dockers so in your household you know AFL football which one is called footy yeah definitely uh, definitely AFL yeah definitely called footy and we call Glory Soccer but Ange comes from a soccer background so she actually used to play for Perth Glory so she understands the different terms as well yeah we definitely paint up now house purple yeah, <laughs> that's it awesome. Dockers and Glory everywhere yeah, exactly. So yeah, literally our entire wardrobe is just like stacks and stacks of purple training kits and purple jerseys. But yeah, no, she is, is such an amazing support. It's a bit crazy when we're both in season. We're just trying to support each other as much as we can as well as, you know, work and complete our seasons. But I wouldn't have it any other way. She's been phenomenal. Dealing with COVID lockdowns as well puts a bit of an extra stress on things. And so what is an, a motto that you like to live life by? Yes, just stay positive for sure. I do a few workshops with girls and that's my main message that I like to portray. At the end, I think my like I have quite a bubbly, positive attitude and I think that's how I've been able to kind of get to where I am today. I take everything in my stride, wear my heart on my sleeve, smile and always say yes to everything that I can. So yeah, I think treating people with kindness and having a positive attitude will get you very far. I think it will. And definitely, I don't know if you, or I bet you remember, but one of your first press conferences when I first saw your bubbly attitude when you said super stoked. You like remember? eight times. Eight. Was that a bit of a, <laughs> I remember. It was like a twitch. <laughs> I do think you've relaxed a lot more in front of the media since then. 
Oh, no, definitely. I don't think, I think I'm still as crazy as ever, but I just learned to like kind of calm myself down a little bit before. <laughs> no, yeah. that was great. I really, I was like, well, this is a real down to earth girl who's just given it her all. So you've done well. You've kept to your, to your true core though ever since. Yes, no, never, never will change. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting to me today. I wish you luck in your training and heading into a new season. And yeah, thanks for giving up your time. Amazing. Thank you so much, Danny. Have a good day. Thanks again to Tash and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Left of Field podcast. I will be back again in your ears next week, but... In the meantime, why not go back and listen to some of my older episodes? Maybe you want to listen to Tony Sage, who was the owner of the Perth Glory. I sat down with him just a few weekends ago. So if you missed that chat, why not go back and give it a listen? Otherwise, goodbye and enjoy your week.